I would like to present to you a cosmic view of the mineral kingdom so that you may understand a little of its true nature and purpose and try to establish a correct relationship with it in the years to come. I wonder if you ever recognize the divinity of the mineral kingdom, if you are aware of its purpose, indeed of its consciousness. Or do you perhaps think that it is without life force, without energy, inanimate matter to be used by humanity as it wishes? If we go back to the very creation of the planet Earth, before human evolution on its surface was even considered, we would see that the Earth was born out of a union of the Sun God and the Goddess, Mother Earth, and that from that act of creation, of fertilization on a cosmic level, the Goddess created the body of the Earth. Now creation on a cosmic level is similar in purpose to that of human creation. Life is breathed into the molecules of matter by vibrations of energy. As the vibratory level varies according to frequency, so the form which the matter takes varies also. The Divine Goddess, therefore, breathed of her energy into the molecules of matter and created the form of the earth, the rocks, the earth, the sand, the precious stones which humanity seeks today. Every aspect of that kingdom was created by her to fulfill the nature of her evolutionary cycle. The Goddess created the planet Earth to ground the energy of her being on the physical plane of the solar body of which she was a part. The Earth was to give of her energy on the physical plane to the other physical aspects of the solar body. The planet was intended as a transmitter of her love, of her creativity. The energy of her being, therefore, flowed through every aspect of the mineral kingdom. Her wisdom, her consciousness, manifested the many forms of the mineral kingdom of which you are aware today, and some of which humanity has yet to discover. For the higher aspects of her being are still hidden from humanity. There are, even today, elements in the mineral kingdom which humanity has never discovered, and indeed will not until it has achieved the consciousness to handle those elements with responsibility with humanity. The mineral kingdom, therefore, vibrates directly to the energy of the goddess and displays her power. Every aspect vibrates according to a different aspect of the goddess's consciousness. The kingdom is, of course, controlled by her servants of the angelic realm. In the days of old, that control was exercised on earth by those beings called the Titans, the race of giants who possessed the authority and the power to control and to oversee the passage of life on the earth. The Titans were conscious that they walked on the divine, that everything that they touched and came into contact with was an aspect of the goddess manifesting for the evolution of the planet earth and for the kingdoms who lived upon her, the vegetable and the animal kingdoms. For many cycles of evolution, these two kingdoms lived on the planet Earth undisturbed. Then humanity was placed upon the Earth from a source far beyond this planet. As we have said before, gradually control was released by the goddess and by her servants, the Titans, into the hands of humanity. And as the animal kingdom looked to humanity, to the new god that was walking the face of the Earth, 
so did the vegetable and the mineral kingdom. Humanity was given dominion over the three other kingdoms of matter to help it in its evolutionary cycle to become a god. So the mineral kingdom, whilst possessing the energy and the intelligence of the goddess, was allowed to be directed by the thought forms of humanity. Humanity could use the mineral kingdom according to its own ideas, its own thoughts, its own desires, its own lusts, to fulfill the very nature of its being. You might think it strange, but humanity does indeed control the elements of nature in many subtle ways. You might think that the motions of the earth, such as volcano, flood, drought, are something which humanity cannot influence, that humanity merely experiences the transformation of any aspect of the mineral kingdom and then has to learn to live with it. The idea that humanity is responsible for these motions is looked on with scepticism today. But looking back to the days of old, to the ceremonies of the ancient civilizations, the Red Indians, of the Aztecs, of the Egyptians, of the Minoans, we can see that they understood this relationship between humanity and the mineral kingdom. They knew that cooperation was necessary and that a joining together, a union was vital, since they shared a common evolutionary cycle. They therefore sought that cooperation in their spiritual worship. They realize that when that union is not achieved, then there are droughts, floods, earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, the transformation of physical matter, with the result that parts of the earth become uninhabitable for the human race. The first point, therefore, that I would make this morning, not just to you, but to all humanity, is to understand that the mineral kingdom is under the control of humanity, by its own thought forms, by its own patterns of behavior, humanity influences the mineral kingdom. Humanity can and must cooperate with that kingdom if it is to continue on its evolutionary path on the planet Earth. But for so long has the mineral kingdom been raped, abused and pillaged by humanity in order to serve its own ends, no matter what the cost of the mineral kingdom, that this cooperation has broken down. It is because of this that we now approach a time of planetary transformation when the surface, the minerals of the planet, will move, will vibrate to a different note. If humanity does not change to that note, does not recognize it, then it will perish. You live on this earth by virtue of the mineral kingdom. It gives you the means of physical expression. It provides you with your physical body. It also feeds that body. Without its energy, you would be dead. The minerals in your body vibrate to the mineral kingdom. They are at one with each other in both purpose and destiny. The food which you take in is full of the elements of the mineral kingdom. And it is these which give you the energy to fulfill your physical and your spiritual evolutionary cycle. It is a crude analogy to consider the mineral kingdom as a giver of energy but that is what it is. It radiates the energy of the goddess over a wide spectrum for the use of humanity on the planet Earth. Every single aspect of the kingdom gives of her vibrations to fulfill the whole. It is inevitable and natural that humanity should be attracted to certain aspects of that kingdom, and in particular to what you call the precious stones. 
humanity has established some stones as precious. Precious today, not because of their spiritual qualities, but because of their monetary value. In the days of old, a stone was regarded as precious because the priests recognized the energy that flowed through it. A stone was seen as a provider of energy from the goddess for the use of humanity as a source of power to be invoked and used. In ancient days, stones were used as a means of protection, as a means of transportation over the surface of the planet, as a means of attracting animals to one, as a receiver of cosmic energy, and so on. Stones are in fact channels of energy. They give and receive energy in the infinite cosmic pattern. When you are attracted to a stone, you are attracted to the energy with which that stone pulsates. The energy of the stone can help you to walk the path of your destiny. It can help you along that path if you will cooperate with the mineral kingdom. The stone serves the individual by merging its energy with the energy of the human being and following a common path. In that way, both the human being is uplifted and so is the mineral kingdom. Evolution takes place together. Some people use stones to help them in their spiritual work, to be of service in many fields, for stones channel energy which can raise the level of human consciousness. Stones can help the individuals to advance along the path of his or her chosen field or profession. That is why even today you carry on the ancient practice of wearing rings containing stones. They are an aid to human evolution. Here I must say that the stone should be used only for spiritual purposes. The barter and sale of such stones is a degradation of their very act of being. Recognize also that stones absorb energy. They absorb the thought forms of everything and everybody with which they come into contact. You would perhaps think that a diamond is of more value than a piece of granite. However, I would say to you that a piece of granite can contain more wisdom, more power, more energy, will uplift you more than a diamond. But who would pay the price of a diamond for a piece of granite today? Beware, therefore, of the human values placed on stones. Seek their cosmic value. Feel intuitively for the stones which you need and let them come to you. Do not seek the stones of your desires. Allow the activity of your own being to attract unto you that which you need for your human evolution. Remember that the divine works through people, and to you will come the stones which are necessary for your evolutionary path. If you follow the desires of your lower self, your personality, then you will attract that level of stones unto you, and far from helping you, they can mislead you perhaps even destroy you. You are aware that some stones have the legends of being jinxed, of having negative energies placed upon them. This is true, and for those that attract such stones unto them, they have a troubled path ahead. If you place a curse upon a stone and give it to another human being, then that energy is transmitted to that being, and that being will be affected by the thought form. Remember, stones were here long before human evolution came into being. They have been impregnated with the vibrations of millions of points of consciousness 
from and beyond this planet Earth. They will tell you, if you will but listen to them, a story of evolution far removed from that which you accept to be correct today. They have seen many, many cycles of evolution. They have witnessed the coming and going of many forms of life. They have witnessed the rise and the fall of many human civilizations. As you touch a standing stone, realize that you are tuning into the Akashic record of the human race. Within the walls of your house now is the record of all who have lived in it. If you have the sensitivity to receive from those stones, you can learn of the nature of life within that house since it was built. You can learn of the energy that went into it, of everything that has taken place within its walls. When you touch a piece of granite, you are touching the oldest rock on the planet Earth. You are touching the most sacred of rocks. You are touching the very source of the Akashic record of this Earth, for that rock can tell you of the true nature of the Goddess. That rock can tell you of the cycles that have taken place and of the cycles that are to come. Rocks, stones, do have consciousness. They have the consciousness of the Goddess. They also have the consciousness of every single form that has been in contact with them. All that is stored within them and they give that energy out. Therefore a stone which is honoured by someone, which is revered and blessed, when given to another, will transmit that energy, will transmit that love. A stone is a carrier of energy. As I said earlier, be cautious as to how you choose your stones the stones that you wear, the stones that you give. It is better to be without a stone than to have an incorrect one, for an incorrect stone can truly limit your destiny. Is it not strange that usually it is the female of the species that desires to wear stones? Outwardly, it would appear that they wear them for ornament, but this is not so. The desire of women to wear stones is because of their direct attraction to the goddess, the co-creator, the mother, the womb of all that is, and all that ever will be. Woman creates just as the goddess creates, and they therefore realize, often on a subconscious level, the significance of the stone as a giver of energy, as a symbol of purity of Mother Earth. Woman, of course, creates at a lower level than the goddess, but she fulfills a similar role. The stones which you wear also affect that which you create, your children. So tune into the stones which you have and see if they are in true harmony with your being. Look for the consciousness of those stones. Seek to contact the beings of the stones and to listen to them. If you discover that a stone is not in accord with your innermost being, then part with it no matter what you believe its earthly monetary value to be. You may possess the most expensive diamond in the world, but if that diamond is not in tune with your being, it can destroy you. And of what value is that? Allow the attraction of your being to draw the mineral kingdom to you, just as it does with the vegetable and the animal kingdoms. The nature of your soul evolution, your point of consciousness, your vibratory note, will draw to you the stones that you need to walk your evolutionary path. Stones can be, and are, of great influence in developing soul consciousness. 
in developing psychic ability, in developing your healing powers. They can be used for physical transportation over the surface of the earth, for co-creation with the vegetable kingdom to improve the vegetables and the crops that you grow. They can help to fertilize the soil and indeed can create a garden of Eden out of the desert. The power of a stone exceeds your comprehension. It is a study which humanity has never made. In the age to come there will grow from within humanity an understanding and appreciation of the true nature of the mineral kingdom, of its purpose and of its destiny. Humanity will realize that that kingdom was here for millions of years before humanity came on earth following its own sacred and divine path. Humanity will recognize that it is out of respect for that divinity that it should try to cooperate with it. The mineral kingdom will give of its energy freely to you. You in return must use that energy responsibly, must co-create and so fulfill the true nature of your being to be divine. I thank you. Um, you've said before that stones were used for transportation, but weren't crystals used for healing in Atlantean times to raise buildings and objects? Um, and has humanity used these techniques before? Have we lost them? Um, will we discover them again? Humanity has used stones in the past for many reasons. In an evolved civilization such as Atlantis, the nature of the points of consciousness there would demand the use of stones for more evolved purposes than you do now, for you are not as evolved spiritually as was Atlantis. The Atlanteans used stones for healing, yes, not only through wearing the stones on the human body, but also through light being reflected through them to shine upon the human form. They use stones as a source of energy and power also to create what you call electricity. They used stones for transportation, for moving themselves around the physical plane of Earth. They also use stones for cosmic travel. I know that North American Indians who are left over from Atlantis still use crystals in some of their ceremonies. But what about this craze today for crystals? We seem to be bombarded with the use of crystals from every aspect I personally feel very wary. Not that I don't believe that they have great power, but I just feel that we know so little, and yet we seem to be using them so indiscriminately. Yes, I would agree with you that some people today use a crystal like they take an aspirin. Both can be equally poisonous. Always with stones, as with medicines, one must understand what one is doing. To put a loaded gun in the hand of a young child would be stupid. Indeed, it could be said that one man's crystal is another man's poison. A certain crystal may be of value to one person, but not to another. The idea that one crystal or one shape can be universally applied to all human beings, especially when one considers the uniqueness of all human beings, is wrong. Every human being needs a different crystal, a different vibration, a different note and to mass-produce them and send them around to people will, I'm afraid, not be of value, and indeed in some cases could cause harm. The next question is the old one about buying and selling. Um, people can see that it's wrong to buy and sell humans, and they are even beginning to feel that it might not be correct to buy and sell animals. 
But nobody seems to realize that it is wrong to buy and sell stones. What we are really talking about here is not buying and selling, but the materialistic concept of life that humanity today clings to. Humanity believes that it is the source of all life, the controller of all physical matter. It therefore finds it incomprehensible that anything could come to it except through its own creations. Ownership of anything is an illusion, created to satisfy the human ego, for in reality a human being owns nothing, nothing whatsoever. Although you might pay money for something and think that you own it, it can be taken away from you just like that by divine force. You are allowed to possess the elements of matter purely for your own evolutionary fulfillment. You may also attract certain things to you, certain lessons which you have to learn. And equally so, through your desires, you may attract to yourself things that you do not need, that are an extra burden you have to bear. Officially, you can recognize that human beings should not be bought and sold. Unofficially, even in the civilized Western world, you still do it, but more subtly. The price is not disclosed, but the thought form is there. And you all know what I'm talking about when I say that. Humanity still exists by buying and selling. Money is still, apparently, the source of power in the Western world. Those that are rich can have what they like, those that are poor do not. But I would say that those who are rich in spirit have what they need, and those that are poor do not. And rich in spirit is not the same as rich in wealth. Any being who is rich in the knowledge and diversity of spirit can attract to itself everything that it needs for its evolutionary cycle. The nature of the attraction will be that it will be only draw to itself what it needs. That is the law of attraction and repulsion, which exists on every level of the cosmos. In the same way, a precious stone which you need will come to you. Indeed, I would say this, that in 99% of the cases, a stone that is given to you is always of greater value than one which you buy yourself. For the stone that is given to you has come to you freely as a gift of love, whereas the stone that you buy is probably as a result of a desire that you have created, some which you think you need. So the buying and selling of stones is a human weakness, just as is the buying and selling of anything. Perhaps I might also say here, and cause a little controversy, that the way in which you now dig and mine these stones is most wrong. Mother Earth gives to humanity the stones that it needs. In the upheaval of the strata of the Earth, as that which was formerly underground comes to the surface, so stones are revealed for the use of humanity. It is right for humankind to search and find these stones and to use them, but to dig deep into the bowels of the Earth, to disintegrate layer upon layer of stones, to rip up from the earth what humanity greeds, not what it needs, is creating karma for the mineral kingdom for generations to come. We do that also with coal and oil. How does that uh, work out? Coal and oil are, of course, part of the divinity of the mineral kingdom. They fulfill a pattern of evolution. It just happens that they are appropriate to this particular time of human evolution and its need for power. There is no need for humanity to use those minerals for power. There are other, more natural, more beneficial forms of energy available. What has happened is that because humanity has evolved along a limited path, whose spiritual knowledge is not kept in balance with its material knowledge, that an alternative source of energy is not available. Humanity needs this energy to progress, and therefore the goddess has allowed these forms of energy to be used by humanity 
to further its evolutionary cycle. But the time is coming when that source of energy will be denied. Not only in the sense that there will be no more stocks available, but because of the damage which is being done to the atmosphere by the use of such fuels. This fact will be recognized by humanity and another source of energy will have to be discovered and employed. Does this lead on to nuclear energy? Um, what is humanity going to do with this energy, which is just beginning to play, which is just beginning to play around with, and which does not seem to know the first thing about? The present advance in nuclear technology is a complete aberration. The energy which is present within the molecules of matter, the energy of the sun, can be tapped and used. But the way in which the atom has been split and the uses that it's been put to has had disastrous side effects, not only for humanity, but also for the other kingdoms of matter. The time is approaching when humanity will bitterly regret the use it has made of nuclear energy and nuclear fuels. This development is, so to speak, leading to a dead end, literally, and will rapidly be recognized as such, not necessarily because of the destructive powers it wields, but because of the energies which are released in this form of power. You mean because of the waste that they have to bury for thousands of years, otherwise it will kill people, so they put it back into Mother Earth. Karmically, that must be very wrong. Yes, it is totally immoral. How humanity can talk about responsible fatherhood or motherhood and bury this contamination in the oceans and the earth to be released on future generations of children is beyond my comprehension. It is living for the moment at the cost of the future. What about the actual soil? The soil is part of the mineral kingdom, and when mixed with water, which in it is in itself a part of the mineral kingdom, it produces all life. The soil is a mixture of the mineral and the vegetable kingdoms, for in the soil is not only that which grows, but the vegetation is rotted down and composted into additional material. And the animals play part in this as well? Yes, the three kingdoms unite to form a fertile planet. So we are dependent on these three kingdoms, even though we do not recognize and appreciate it for everything that we are, including our bodies. That is true. Today you have a system of fertilization where humanity pours its chemicals onto the land to increase the growth rate of its crops. When it sprays the fields of corn and wheat to produce a so-called greater yield, what it is doing is destroying the essential balance of those three kingdoms. Moreover, the product that comes from those fields, whilst it might have the quantity, does not have the quality. On the earth there will soon come, if only because the oil begins to become more scarce, and therefore so will the femme chemicals and the fertilizers, a complete reshaping of the ecological system. It will become necessary to seek a proper understanding of soil fertility and to realize that certain plants of the vegetable kingdom are best grown in one soil and others in another soil. It is hard to imagine the collection of vegetables that you grow in your garden growing together naturally. But if you look at the natural selection of Mother Nature, you will see that spread over a wide range of the country, various plants and trees grow in certain soils which are best suited to them. There is no such thing as a universal soil in which all things grow to perfection. Yes, but it would be very hard to be self-sufficient if you had to travel one or two hundred miles to pick your carrots, another hundred miles to get your apples. Or should people who live where apples grow eat only apples? What we are saying, although it is hard to understand, is that you should grow in the soil only that which is suited to the area and to the vibration in which you live. You should eat only of that little food. Which is what your body really wants, not what it desires. Yes, your body, being mineral, is in tune with the minerals of the area and responds to it. 
There is, so to speak, a constant conversation between your body and the earth. Perhaps you could try a little experiment. Lie on the grass when it's not too wet and let the earth talk to your body. Let the earth tell you what it wants to eat for lunch.